0: When the going gets tough the tough get going this is baron vaughn and welcome to deep shit guys um i'm sorry for posting this late it's been um the last couple of days i had an incredibly busy weekend um which i don't know the last time i've had this busy of a weekend it's been a long time i was asked to shoot an internet series which you will be able to catch soon called law of the land Written by Allie McLean and Katie Schwartz. And uh, produced by David Cross. David Cross is one of the producers on it. It's for a YouTube channel that is going to premiere or already has premiered. I'm confused as to what the details are. But it was really fun. And I had a pretty big part in it. And uh, who else was in it? Well, some great people. Ron Lynch, James Urbaniak, Phil Lamar, Sam Levine... Brendan Small, just a really great uh, group of people. It was really fun times doing it. And then on Sunday, I got to do a bit part in a new series coming out in Adult Swim called Your Whole, As in, you are whole, a whole person. Which is, I guess the way I can describe it is that it's a crazy Adult Swim-like infomercial. It's an infomercial parody written and starring... Uh, written by and starring Michael Ian Black. and Directed by Michael Showalter. And Michael Ian Black, uh, who's always been a fucking gentleman to me. And always so damn nice. And you know what he said to me on Sunday? Uh, I'm really concerned about your finances. That's <laughs> what <laughs> <laughs> he said. And I, uh, if, if I wasn't black, I would have blushed hard. So red and so quickly I would have blushed. And uh, I said, uh, who told you that? And he's like, you've been tweeting about it all the time. And I'm like, oh, that's right. You pay attention to my Twitter. Oh, shit, guys. Stupid. Did that, and then Sunday night, I opened for Dave Coulier a full house at uh, the Brea Improv in Orange County. And he said one of my favorite things I've ever heard, which was, in regards to his opening music, He said, I told them to play whatever, just as long as it's not the theme to Full House or Alanis Morissette. And I was like, oh, I just didn't want (laughs) to ask any more questions about that. Uh, Actually, I did want to ask every question about that. But I didn't want to get punched in the face. You know, some people who you think aren't tough, you push them the right way. You end up getting punched in the face and punches that are are filled with the anger of the centuries. You never know. Um, And then I did Craig Ferguson today. Today. Monday, which is when I'm recording this intro. I did Craig Ferguson. This podcast is coming out on Tuesday. But you're going to listen to it whenever the fuck you listen to it. Regardless, I did Craig Ferguson. It's not going to air until August 5th. And there are hilarious things around that. Like the fact that with both Craig Ferguson and the Michael Ian Black Project, uh, those are union, and I am behind on my union dues. And I looked up my union dues, what I owe... And it is a four-digit number that I have to pay in order to make the piddling, piddling little monies that I would make from being in either of those things. But it's still nice to know that I can be in either of those things. Regardless, I'll figure it out. Oh, here's something hilarious. I am wanted in the state of Nevada, guys. So, as you heard last week, my mom graciously gave of herself herself That which she did not really have to give. And I was able to get my car out of Hawk. $2,800 of tickets and fees and penalties and liens to get my car out of tow. But now I have my car back and I have new tags. They say October 2013 on them now, even though that's only a couple of months away. And also, the car's a lease. The car is a lease, and uh, I only have it for another couple months, and I might just have to give it back and not have a car until 2014, because I can't really afford having this car anymore, and not only that, I can't afford any car, and not only that, there's no way I can get any sort of loan. My credit is just fucking ridiculous, especially because the last year has been mm, the hardest year for me financially, since I was the age of 25, Mm, 24. 25 was actually not a bad... 25 was when I basically became a freelancer, independent, professional stand-up comedian. And the year before that was hard, working a bunch of different kinds of jobs. And uh, and then I booked a commercial. I was like, set! Um, so anyway, point is, I obviously didn't pay certain things I should have paid, like my tags when I, they came up. And uh, so last time I went to Vegas in my car, on the way back... I got pulled over by a Nevada state trooper who gave me a $195 ticket for driving with expired tags. That was to be paid by the month of June. And it is now July. So today I got a ticket from the court, (laughs) a court in Nevada, saying, Hey, you didn't pay that $200 ticket. Now you got to pay us $400. And what happens if you don't? Oh, well, we'll arrest you. Uh, Actually, it says, we're going to arrest you. This is a warrant for your arrest. All these different people have been given, they are charged with arresting you and bringing you to this court unless you pay us $400. So, I can't go to my own home state right now. I mean, I probably will. I'll just have to drive the fucking speed limits. so I don't get pulled over. I've never gotten pulled over, by the way. Never, ever gotten pulled over. All of the tickets I've ever gotten are parking tickets or tickets for having expired tax. I par- All the tickets I've gotten in general have been when I am not in the car and I'm not even near the car. I've never gotten pulled over for taking an illegal U-turn or running a... I'm a very good driver. I've never gotten pulled over for bad driving. So the, one, the two times I've been pulled over have both been because I was driving with expired tags. And one resulted in my car getting towed and me having to pay $2,400. And the other resulted in me being wanted in the state of Nevada. Awesome. Guys, if there's anything that I am, it is a poster child for taking care of your shit. Open your fucking mail. Jesus Christ, why is that so hard for me? Just like oh, important letters. Oh, I'm drowning. That's where I go immediately. It's fucking stupid. Uh, I'm uh, I'm fi- I'm figuring it out, guys. That's my that's my catch-all. I'll be okay for it. I'm figuring it out, guys. I don't know if I'm going to figure it out. Let's find out together. As long as I can do this podcast, I will continue to report on my own irresponsible stupidity. That I feel dwelled... I feel I'm dwelling on it and drowning under it sometimes. Anyway, hey guys, thanks for the donations. <laughs> if you've sent some, and uh, which has been cool, I've gotten a couple of different donations. It's kind of doctastic, I can say. And uh, I was emailing with a gentleman who I asked uh, a philosoph- i asked him for a question, a philosophical question to be addressed on this podcast. I can't do it right now, guys. This has been eight minutes long. Oh, God. Next week. Next week. Or this week, if I figure out the fucking two-week thing, which I still haven't figured out yet. I'm working on it. I'll figure it out, guys. <laughs> Remember? I just said that. Anyway, weirdly, things are going well. Like, work is starting to come in. I'm starting to go on the road. I'm going to be in Buffalo at the end of this month. If you're in Buffalo, near the Helium, Buffalo Helium, that's where I'll be. After that, Scottsdale, Arizona. Hey, I'm going to drive through the state of Nevada. No, I'm not driving around Nevada. Never mind. Me and Ryan Singer are going to be at stand-up Scottsdale. And then the week after that, I'm going to be at the Crackers in Indianapolis. That's also the week that my Craig Ferguson will be airing. It airs on August 5th. And then I'm going to South Korea to do some shows. And then I will be back. And then uh, in September right now, all I got going on is a show in Denver. The Grawlix. Those guys fucking run. Denver. Ben Roy, Andrew Overdahl, and Adam Caton Holland. Um, Awesome, cool. I almost called him Adam Clayton Powell. That is a very different person. If you're black, you might know who that is. And if you're not, you might know who that is. If you live in Harlem, in New York City, doesn't matter. Adam Caton Holland. Uh, Three incredibly funny comedians, incredibly nice. And um, they have basically held down Ven- Denver and like turned it into a fucking scene uh or at least focused it they 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 have become the 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 leaders that it seems that Denver comics rally behind and uh there's a couple of different Denver comics I know Troy Walker uh I know briefly I've met a couple of times very fucking funny uh Tim Messenger Tim who I actually know from Boston but he lives in Denver now and he's incredibly funny as well so I'm uh, looking forward to getting to go to Denver and doing some shows and hanging out with some good comics, and possibly I will do some podcasting from there. I will do podcasts from all of these places, including South Korea. I am hoping that South Korea will be some sort of, I don't know, spiritual journey, some way to see who I am and what I'm doing. Uh... Speaking of which, today's podcast guest is Chuck Watkins. Chuck has been on once before. This is his second appearance. I like Chuck a lot. Chuck is a good fucking guy. Just a genuinely good person. There's not a lot of them, you know. Like like sometimes you meet a person, and you're like, oh, I like you. I don't even know Chuck that well, but I like being around him. He's got a good energy. He um, and you know and that's how I feel about Ryan Singer as well. You know, and and Mike Kaplan. Mike Kaplan and Ryan Singer. I love because they're incessantly optimistic, which uh, I, I need sometimes to hear and need to be around so that way I don't get fucking in the doldrums of my bullshit, which you guys have been hearing all about. Anyway, I, um, yes, Chuck is the guest and we we're talking about mortality, a very interesting topic. Mortality is that thing which we are constantly up against. Mortality is the wall that we will all eventually come to. Uh, well, death is the wall. Mortality is the, the reminder that the wall exists. <laughs> the wall is the object, but the wall is the name of the object, right? So mortality is the name of the thing that we will eventually come against. Nope, that's wrong. Death is the thing. Mortality is, fuck it, What do you talk about mortality. Basically, knowing that we're alive and that this is our lives, that will end eventually. It will end. This life will end. It's, it'll be over. And some people find that uh, frightening. This is my only life. Holy shit, what am I going to do? And uh, we sit inside scared that we'll waste time or that we'll lose our lives. And then other people are like, this is my only life. i got to fucking get, the, get cracking. And uh, Chuck is a little bit more on that side, I think, than the other side, which I think sometimes I'm on that other side and uh that's fucking bullshit. God damn it. I need to fucking do some shit. <sighs> I should just call this intro yelling at myself. Can I change the name of my podcast to yelling at myself? Deep shit, schmeep schmitt. <laughs> right? Yelling at myself. Anyway, things are going well. That's the irony. Things are going well. Uh, I I'm I I I am seeing that people respect me people like me people enjoy what the fuck it is I'm doing it's hard to consider that and hard to uh hold that with me when I feel like my fucking walls are being knocked down by just this fucking bull like just so and okay look I got to stop beating myself up about it right because the more I go oh, god oh. Make all those sounds and shit. The more I do that, um, the more I let myself kind of fall into the doldrums of, and, and and that. And the doldrums lie in action. The doldrums lie self defeat. If I beat myself up about these things, then I will
1: fucking not do anything about them.
0: Right? Oh. I'm tired to hear myself talk in uh, almost fourteen minutes. That I've been BSing with you B-edges. No intro. I mean, no intro. No outro. No out That's not a fucking word. But uh, I'm not going to do that on this podcast. On this podcast. Or maybe, uh, uh, yeah, so I'll just let it go. Or maybe, uh, uh, I like that I had that little tangent. Like, you heard my thought change and then I denied it. No, I said to myself. No, I said to my own brain. Anyway, here's Chuck shit tired of getting shot at tired of getting chased by the police and arrested niggas need a spot where we can kick it a spot where we belong that's just for us niggas ain't got to get all dressed up and be hollywood you know what i mean where do niggas go when we die ain't
2: no heaven for a thug nigga that's why we go to thug mansion that's the only place where thugs getting free and you gotta be g
3: (laughs) at thug mansion portland's got the great one ground control it's always fucking packed. Oh, yeah. I went there years ago, like 10 years ago, and then I found out about that place. And then they, they kick all the kids out at six, which is great. And they bring in a DJ and they start serving beer. It's at like, ground
0: control? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now I know. Ground control to major me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you were saying you are uh, systems and stuff.
3: Oh yeah, I don't have. I don't. I, don't, I, re- I just enjoy old, uh, older video games. I don't have the patience for. Well, you know the thing is that learning all the stuff about the new stuff. That's how I felt about it because mm-hmm. I was like out of the video game
0: world for like I want to say twelve years. Sure, that's a long time. Like the last system I had was a because I have a PS3 three right there <clears throat> that I got in. I think it was the summer of two thousand nine. It's been around that long. Yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. So I got it in two thousand nine, and I I I remember getting it. Because I had, it was expensive. I was, because I was expensive and I lost my passport oh. somehow in the process. In I, the Tron world. I had to go get it. And cause I was still living, it was the last year I was living in New York and I went to go get it. And uh, that was the summer that I was uh, going to move to LA. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to do this, this, and this, and this, and I'm going to move to Los Angeles about this time, you know? And uh, I had a little money and I was upset about something and I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy a fucking, because you know, Christian Finnegan at all. Yeah. So, he was just in town. I saw him a, a little bit, but he has a lot of great... I always feel like Christian Finnegan and Kumail always write the jokes about video games that I wish I was writing.
2: Oh, yeah. Like, they always
0: come up with
3: great shit
0: about video games as a, as a culture and, and relating it to right. life and stuff.
3: Like that's stuff. I'm... I'm very interested in, like, video games is how they relate to culture more than I am so about playing it.
0: Well, you know, I mean, Christian had a whole thing about, like... Uh, we're going to be the first generation of elderly that grew up playing video games. Yeah. And it's the idea of like homes, like there being video games and like elderly homes and stuff like that, like arcade machines. It will be like,
1: Oh my childhood. <laughs> but it's like an old,
0: old Pac-Man and the staff won't understand cause they're like stepping inside of holograms all the time. But he had, but I had to talk with him about video games because I guess the thing is that I don't consider myself like har- a hardcore gamer. Right. Like I figured, Oh, well, you gotta be a, a hardcore gamer to justify <clears throat> buying the system or something like that. But he said that he's not a hardcore gamer. He doesn't go on the internet and play against people a lot. He just wants to relax and and like shoot some stuff for a little sure. bit. And like it is so I was like, okay, that's enough for me. Plus it's a Blu-ray player. And I was like, Oh, oh. yeah. And this I can great. watch Netflix on it and Boom. stuff like that. Wonderful. It only does everything. That was their <laughs> that was their their slogan for a split second. But um yeah, so I bought it and it's like I I these video games, that was my thing. It was like, there's 12 buttons. I remember when there was three. A mm-hmm. B A, B, and C, X,
1: Y, and Z. Sega like Genesis. Sega Genesis Basic. controller. Yeah. So
0: I had, that was the last time I had a system. And I was like, there's so many controllers, how am I going to understand? But every game teaches you how to play it. It's like the training
3: tutorial level. It's
0: yeah. Like, as, as you start the going. game, it's like, do this, do that. And it's yeah. pretty damn simple and intuitive. And that is the standard for A Part of the standard for how a game plays now Is it like how easy is it Is it intuitive Like do you have to do this thing over here And then this thing over here at the same time It's crazy it doesn't work Um, But also the games are as you said I remember
3: the games where you you died And then you had to start over You had four lives That's it That was pretty frustrating And it kept me from like wanting to buy a lot more I'm like I'm good with Mario Because I know how to get like a bunch of lives Right 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 And and Sonic the Hedgehog and stuff like that. Yeah, or like Street Fighter 2, where it's just like you play against the buddy or the computer and it doesn't matter if you get over, you know.
0: (sighs) Fighting games are good blow-off steam for me. Just like fireball, fireball, fireball. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I feel better about things. Uh, But these games now are events. They're like movies. Like there's writing and acting and plot and story and like the way that it's programmed and illustrated makes better, you know what I mean? That's pretty cool, huh? and you don't necessarily die you get to a save point so it's like you're playing the game on the story you're finding out what the story of the game is and it's revealing itself to you as you play it you know and it's basically like being in a movie that you get to control the main character depending on the game
3: i heard of a really cool and it sounded way different than a bunch of the other ones is like one where set like medieval times or whatever and it's all about like having patience and waiting. It's called like revenge or something like that. Vengeance. And then it's just about instead of like moving through this castle and killing everybody right away, it's all about like waiting for a long time until like the guard passes and you can seriously have to sit there for like two minutes or whatever and you think that you And so like you could go kill him right away but then all this other shit's gonna happen. But if you like pick your moment, then it helps you navigate the game way easier. Yeah, and that's what they're kind of like. Like there's a lot more
0: just instead of button mashing their strategy and adventures and and things missions
3: and stuff like that have you seen indie game the movie no no it's no. on netflix you yeah yeah I, I, it's on my queue it. it's yeah. great it's really watchable um a couple of like one of the guys is like a, two of the guys are kind of tooly and two of the guys are like oh i can get behind these guys and so mm. it's got like a good kind of balance a good balance yeah plot wise story
0: wise yeah and
3: like there are hierarchy or whatever yeah but uh the music's great in it too it's all a oh. bunch of video game music oh, which i yeah. love well
0: definitely i'm gonna watch yeah. it now yeah it's great well the thing is that like now it's like you play these games you're supposed to finish this adventure so it's like you get to a save point and if you die then you just go back to that save point you never go back to the beginning of the day yeah the game which kumail has a joke about save points as a metaphor for life like there's certain points that you get to that like you can't go back, back to that yeah for now sure. that you've passed that you can never go back right oh sorry save point that's the only, ah. that's as far back as you can go. But, um, yeah. Can't go back to condoms, honey. Can't go back to condoms. <laughs> save point. Save point. Save point. You're, preg- you're preggers. <laughs> oh, you're pregnant. Save point. It's <laughs> save point. Abortion. Save point. Mm. Um, so yeah, so it's like, uh, but the thing is that these games are so involved that I rarely turn it on.
3: Oh yeah. Cause like, you could sit down for a long time
0: because I'm like, I got shit to do. I can't yeah. dedicate 12 hours. It takes 12 hours of dedicated play to like beat a game and you can do that in a day but like i would play for like 3 like if i get into a game mm-hmm. i'm going to keep playing until i'm done but sometimes it get so involved i'm like i got i can't like i was playing uh, arkham asylum this, oh, the last cool. batman and it's like it's so involved i got halfway through it but then i started getting busy with shit yeah. i haven't played it for over a year
2: wow because i'm just like i don't
0: i can't i can't do yeah. it plus it's, it's been committed. so long but i'm like I, maybe i should just start over from the beginning and try to play it all the way through.
3: I, I did download uh, Grand Theft Auto for my phone. Mm-hmm. Like, because I was at a point where, like, my scooter was in the shop and I was taking the subway a lot and the bus. Okay. And coming home, it's like, you know, it's like an hour, sometimes a little more. And I was like,
0: I just like that, that that's your life. You like the, my scooter was in the shop.
3: Yeah. Boom. Yeah. My life of luxury was my temporarily of- put into a whole standstill. The scooter
0: had gone uh, pooter. <laughs> and I was like, okay, computer. Yeah, <laughs> get this kid A out of here.
3: Uh, I yeah, and so I bought down downloaded Grand Theft Auto for like six bucks or whatever, which is the most expensive. app. That is
0: expensive for like a iPhone. Yeah, yeah, for an app. I did
3: pay like twenty dollars for a synthesizer once on my phone, but it is pretty cool. Mm. Um, it's pretty sweet. <laughs> I don't have it anymore because it took up so much space. That's but that was really super fun. And then I remember I accidentally got to a point where because you can take your car in and save it or whatever, and save your mode, but then I accidentally deleted everything. And at one and I still wasn't halfway through the game. I hadn't made it over to the other part of town yet. And I was like, there's just no way. There's no way I'm going to fucking sit through all this crap again.
1: Isn't that
0: like, that's such a... I feel like that's such an impending technological fear.
3: Is... Oh, losing everything? I'm going to accidentally delete everything. It's It's happened before. That's why you're supposed to back your shit up. Yeah. I I had a hard drive on my computer Uh, that... I recorded, like, tons of fucking music on, way too much, and then I was lucky. I had, like, a backup um, iPod that I kept all my tracks on to, like, take to shows and stuff. Okay. And then, you know, I took it, and then my my laptop crashed, and then all of a sudden I have nothing but this iPod, which I was so lucky because it had just all of my performance songs that I do, like, when I'm doing stand-up or whatever. I had those, but I had everything else, like, all these old scripts and just... Yeah. Shit that probably would never have come to fruition because so much time had passed. But like, Right,
0: but still you wanted to know that it was there, that yeah. you had it, that you could go back to it and work on it. Totally. Like yeah. I, I have an old laptop that I, I have. a I don't even remember. Last time I turned it on, it has to have been four years or something like that. Well, you don't want to get rid of that thing. Well, <laughs> there's stuff in it that I want. Yeah. So it's like, well, I got to figure out where to take it
2: mm-hmm.
0: because the screen doesn't work. That's why I had to get a different one. Oh, that's one. it? Yeah, the screen shorted out. Mm-hmm. And I had to plug it into an external screen.
3: Like- yeah, yeah,
0: so it was no longer a laptop. <laughs> it was no longer portable. I had to just use it as a regular computer. But then it got so full, and then I needed something that was more portable, so I bought a new laptop. And then that got full, and then I bought this iPad because I'm like, well, this is the le- this is the least. How small this thing is. Yeah, it's great. It's so nice to just. I can just take. I don't have to take it out my bag at the airport. I'm just like bloop. Ow, I just hurt myself. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, we're, we're getting off track. Or are we getting on track? I think
3: it's a little of both, speaking of memory and shelf life and hard drives and whatnot. Exactly, because the subject you want to talk about is mortality.
2: Boom.
0: Boom.
3: Entry. Impending mortality?
0: What, what do you mean when you say mortality?
3: Uh, Like, I've been constantly going through recently just this self-realization of how fragile our bodies are. Mm-hmm and and like the just kind of decay of getting older the entropy that happens with aging uh and that has spurred on spurred me on to think about just like legacy you know from from like when i'm long after i'm dead and then from even from that like i think we even touched on it briefly last time about like you know the singularity and stuff and so like transferring out of like, our mortal coil into whatever that is next.
0: Shuffling off that mortal coil
3: and yeah, shit. Yeah, into some kind of gigabyte form. Maybe we'll exist on a fucking iPad someday, and we'll just, like, rub laptops to have sex or something. Perhaps. You know? Well, no, know.
0: that's supposedly a thing.
3: Really? That's supposedly...
0: That's one of the things that Ray Kurzweil does theorize is going to happen, is that we, we are going to be so digital that we don't even have physical sex, that we can experience the sensations of sex.
3: Just through neurons uploaded through synapses and... that electron. we Yeah,
0: basically... That That's we will awful. experience another person's body, the uniqueness of their body, through stimulating our our own nerves through a, a program, and we'll never get diseases because we're so afraid of them. So we then why not just do that? I think I could get behind that. I was it's I was a thinking, life condom. I
3: was thinking basically. about like humor, like if we all exist in like this kind of you know uploaded format, you know, like yeah. is can we still experience like you know genuine like emotions of like laughter and uh, you know. If, physical pleasure or whatever, and that seems like it could be synthesized well, in some form. I think that there was this
0: movie that was not good but had a lot of interesting shit in it called surrogates. Did you ever uh, see it? I saw
3: it with the old Bruce Willis. The old Bruce Willis. It was, it was Willis. like one of four that summer that was like a a Willis a Bruce Willis joint that was like <laughs> didn't
1: <laughs> fully Willis land. Did. Yeah, on basically.
0: It was in the it wasn't a good movie, but there was some interesting ideas in it. Oh yeah, totally. Uh but I think that Speaking of mortality and speaking of physicality, I think that we are moving towards more digital, more digital, more digital. But as we also know in our lives, I think that what's going to happen, and some people theorize this as well, is that live, real, tactile experiences are still going to be a thing that people seek. Like It's like we're going to be so used to computers, but people want to go on vacation. Yeah, People are going to want to go skydiving. People are going to want to go see live play or live comedy, to be... I don't know about a a play, but... (laughs) Well, depending on the point, to have a communal experience that we're going to be so disconnected and using these
3: machines and devices all the time that it's going to be... There's going to be, like, camps where Mm -hmm. you go to turn shit off. People will find a way to monetize that shit, like the human experience. Oh, oh, definitely, definitely. It's like, do you remember touching... (laughs) <laughs> Come on down to Father Jacob's Touch a lot. It'll be like Pandora or Spotify where you can like feel things for a second and then like an ad will play and you can't feel anything. It's like, <laughs> "Do you want to upgrade to like the full pleasure experience? Pay $10 yeah. a month." So but I can... also think there'll be like like reservations, like in the yeah. movie Surrogates mm-hmm. where
0: there are people who they're they're just going to only live life they're not going to live through these digital like buffer devices Great.
3: i'm off i'm becoming like a not a luddite but like just getting away from I don't pull out my phone hardly ever anymore. I don't look on the internet. I've got, like, one website I go to. AV Club, that's, like, my homepage, and I, like, see whatever dumb infotainment news, whatever sarcastic thing I have to say about box office results. I'm going to go exist. Yeah, and then it feels great. Like, I've got so much fucking free time to waste otherwise, you know? know, (laughs) Like, shitty Bruce Willis movies,
0: but... That's becoming a thing. My, My friend Baratunde wrote this big fucking article... Uh, hashtag unplug. That was the name of the article. Oh, okay. and he did it. He like did it for like three weeks, where he just unplugged everything.
2: Yeah, like
0: all social media. Or are we talking? About and you? this guy, like Bear Toon Day, I've known him for a long time. Mm. He's the first person I ever heard of Twitter through. He's the first person I ever heard of Foursquare through. Oh, so he's super connected. He's super all connected. Yeah, and so he was like, I have to because he doesn't even live in a place anymore because he tours so much. Mm. He travels so much. He has a personal assistant. So he's like, I'm going to just not answer my phone. And he, he said he announced for a full month, I'm not going to be tweeting, liking, checking in, replying to emails, replying to texts, blah, 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 all this stuff. I'm just not going to be doing it. And he said, as he set a forward to undo, he realized how hard it is to turn shit off. <sighs> like he I just bet. like, all this stuff is not only the psychological of like, I'm missing on things, but like. All these things are connected. You know, his four is connected to his Facebook. It was connected to his blog. It so it's drives like, me crazy
3: how many things have to be connected. Like, why does somebody have to know what I'm listening to on Spotify? Like, why does that have to show it? Why do I care, care what you're listening to on but Spotify? But that's the thing. I'll we're talk we're, to you and have a conversation about it. We're all about it.
0: integration.
3: God, fuck so that. he's like, he didn't even realize how many of these things he's connected yeah. to each other. And
0: he has to disconnect them. So that way he doesn't get an alarm from that thing. because of this other thing and all this stuff. So his, his assistant or his friend assistant, I think, um, was basically like, she's the, re- the emergencies like if something happens that he needs a call about yeah. or an email she's like you got to do this thing so she was checking his email for him that's great and stuff <laughs> but it's like i didn't even finish reading the article because it was a little long and then i needed yeah, to start I some other shit to shit. do yeah. i was like well okay <laughs> it's like wow this is a long article let me just look at people's baby pictures real quick oh, cute 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 uh let's see here Let me go back to this article what's going on in afghanistan right now mm, okay
3: Set up a tiny URL. I couldn't to article. even
0: unplug long enough to read an article about unplugging.
3: Twitter is kind of the worst because you can always just refresh and you like. I, I try I, if I'm writing at the computer or at my desk, I won't have the internet open. But I'll some mornings I'll just come up and be like, I should tweet some. Yeah, I'm very productive. And right, then, right. You know, you start doing something else, and you're like, I need a little Twitter break or whatever. I'll say something funny, and then like, fucking like twenty minutes goes by. And you're right back there just re- hitting refresh looking at everybody else's what crap. else, everybody else's. That's absolutely right. Everybody else is out there living their life. I see all this food they're eating. And then you're fucking in some kind of weird fake <laughs> shame spiral. They're fucking Instagramming all this sushi. I'm so mad at Instagram right now. And Why is that? Because people take pictures of everything. People were doing it before with TwitPic or whatever. This is. But people are so bad in the movie. I've been seeing just a shit ton of movies because I got the time now. Right. Uh, and even through the announcements about, like, at the Arclight of all places, you know, like the fancy movie theater where they have the people come out and say, hey, put your cell phones away, okay? Don't do Like, people are still have their phones out, and they can't not put their phones away, even through that, all the way up through the trailers, which is fine, because I know everybody knows that they're supposed to put them away during the movie. But, like, even in the trailer, I shouldn't have to, like, be distracted from somebody like five rows over and ten rows you see the up. light in their phone. Yeah, I'm just like trying to see, what the fuck is this asshole looking at? What is it doing? What? It gets under my craw. It's the FOMO. Yeah.
0: What? The fear of missing out. Oh. I get that, man. When I'm at a movie, I do whatever I can. I'm trying to do this thing now when I'm with a person up close as a human being, mm-hmm. not checking my phone. It is so hard.
3: I love it when I'm walking like down hillhurst or something and there's people on dates at like doms little doms a restaurant and they're just texting yeah they're texting like both of them or like the girl be just like sitting there like twirling her drink and the guy will be like trying to pull up something on his phone to show her the girl's like you know what girls love when guys play with their phone more like that's totally (laughs) charming. yeah some great picture he took of his buddy when he was drunk or something
0: i would assume with these touch tones that it just makes his hands more sensitive for her body
3: uh, yeah, touch phones, touch touchstones, touchstone touch touch pictures
0: screens. with the touch screen, which screen touches, <laughs> touch touch screens, screen screens. Anyway, so this all connects.
3: Yeah, well, it's the fear of living, missing out for sure. As far as relation to mortality, like I'm mm-hmm. always worried that I'm not in the present enough. You know, like mm. I, so I have to push these other things out, and that, and then like I just like the last time I talked to you. This was right about when this started to happen. Like, my knee just swole up out of nowhere. It just got big and weird, and I couldn't walk. And there was no, like, accident or anything that happened from it. And then, so I go to the general practitioner down the street, and he's like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Here's some pills. You know, it'll take down the swelling. Who who the fuck knows? He was like, go see a specialist, which, fair enough. Like, I was, okay, I'll go see a specialist. But in the meantime, he gave me, like, some anti-inflammatories, which... That was one of the things they did, but it was mainly, uh, it's like Celesta or something. It was like, is a antidepressant that he prescribed me? (laughs) So, yeah, it was like, I just had a shit doctor or something because he just put me on this thing that gave me like this very laissez-faire attitude towards my knee. I was like, you know, it's just life. Wait,
0: he gave you an antidepressant?
3: Yeah, because one of the things this particular antidepressant did was it like lowered like inflammation in the lower back and leg region. It was a terrible choice. You There's know.
0: not just an ant. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting.
3: And I just didn't know anything. I didn't ask enough questions that I didn't, like, follow up on it for a long time. So it right kind of just made you go, like, white noise. Yeah. Like, you know, it was just like, yeah, it's swollen, but, you know, I'm trying to look on the bra- I was just kind of very, like, not caring about it. Hmm. And then it got worse, and then it got swollen to the point where it was just, like, huge. And then I go to a specialist, and they drain it. Like, all this gross fluid came out of it. And then I started going to physical therapy, which is great. Like, I go three times a week, two or three times a week for just just to get to the point where I can walk again. And now I do, like, stretches at home and shit pretty much every morning. I'm doing something every day just to, like, maintain the shitty walk.
0: And this just kind of came out of nowhere? They don't really know what the hell happened?
3: Yeah, they're like, oh, torn meniscus, you know, no accident? And I was like, no. And they're like, yeah, well, you know, wear and tear. I mean, I do have, like, a job where I'm constantly bending over and picking up small children and, like, I'm a teacher, you know, so, like, of right, right, right. small children, and then they're always running around being fucking crazy. Children, they're being children. They're being special education. I'm not just picking up random kindergartners oh, okay, and yeah, stuff, yeah, like, right. sometimes they're trying to leave school and shit.
0: So they're special needs children. Special needs right. children.
3: So I'm constantly bending over, I'm on my knees, and so I was like, that's probably part of it. Or at least it didn't help. Because um, while I was, where it's summer now, which is great, huh? and I feel better than I felt in six months but every day I still wake up and this thing is sore and I'm fucking mad and then I just feel like if this could just happen out of like nowhere nothing really just by growing old like what is what is next you well know? you know
0: but that's the thing is that technically it isn't out of nowhere mm-hmm. you know and we are a we're a cures culture not a causes culture sure we're, we're so much about like here this will make it go away take this thing but we never address where it is or why it is that that thing
3: happened. Yeah. Just don't change anything. Yeah. Just uh, take this pill now. Yeah, exactly. It's like maybe you're
0: bending weird or you're lifting something strange or maybe your muscle over here is a little stronger or weaker than it should be and that it's just kind of like, oh, that's that's well, take this antidepressant. depressant What? Yeah. That's 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 what we are. <laughs> so it's like in a way and and that's the thing. It's like I keep thinking about and keep talking about um uh, you know, like there's all these new interesting studies. This is why I think it's like, with we're, while we're moving towards the digital, the digital, the singularity, we're moving towards this digital revolution. Uh, at the same time, I feel like we're learning things about ourselves that we've never known, and that we are really, I feel like more so than ever, because I think, cause probably because of how technologically advanced we are, looking to ancient cultures, and like old ways and old remedies. Oh shit! They figured out
3: like just ages ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and we're because we we labor under the the illusion that the world we live in, the present world, is the best, is the yeah. best, yeah. right? That's that's Voltaire. Yeah. That's 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 <laughs> right. That's Candide, right there, right? So it's like it's the best of all possible worlds, and that everything we've ever done has been basically leading up to right now. Yeah, that we are the pinnacle of evolution, the pinnacle of technological advance advances advan- uh, being advanced technologically yes. <laughs> <laughs> speaking so well today um so everything that is before us we kind of write off as primitive and they didn't know what the fuck they were doing and oh isn't that isn't that hilarious they thought zeus was a thing yeah. anyway i got to go to scientology class <laughs> um so it's like <laughs> we but i think there are a lot of people that are looking to those old things in those old ways that are just kind of like hmm you know what we had a lot like like especially like ancient egyptians like yeah. we're we're still fascinated by them and they they knew we're still finding out shit that
3: they knew that we don't there's some like thing that i saw on netflix or something it was like they may have even figured out electricity yeah yeah and i'm like i'm yeah. in <laughs> yeah the the parents of gaza that's fucking
0: great yeah and and tesla kind of redid it that was that's the whole thing that Tesla kind of discovered a lot of stuff that the Egyptians already knew, but he was just basically like, they didn't create electricity; they focused it. Electricity sure, yeah, already it was, exists. Yeah, just
3: already there. And
0: that's what Tesla was like. Electromagnetism is—it's a fact. I'm just figuring out a way to focus yeah, it. Understand. That's why it makes no sense to charge money for it because it just—it's like saying, it's like charging money for air. That's yeah. the way he was looking at it. And but Thomas it,
3: Edison's like, "Whoa,
1: hey,
0: that's an idea." Yeah. <laughs> How about we give you this much air for this much money every month? Me and my Ma Bell agree. So it's like the point point being that there are as well as there's a lot of things about medicine and our bodies and stuff that I keep reading about just thinking about like what it is that we were, what our bodies are designed to do. Because the world that we live in isn't necessarily the world that we were designed to be living. We made our world. Yeah. Right? But our bodies are these machines that Earth has already created for a certain purpose to be able to do certain things, and very few of us do those things, you know? So it's like, well, what is it supposed to be? Are we we hunters? Are we gatherers? Are we blah, blah, blah? So it's like, you know, we're supposed to basically hunt for food all day and barely
3: find it, (laughs) like – we're really yeah. hungry by the time we find <laughs> –
0: so we have these we're supposed to have these lean muscular bodies or something like that.
3: We are totally heading towards those Wally people that are in the Ooh, chair, you know, which like, was, that was so, so spot surprisingly
0: on. deep. When yeah,
3: I, I was just like, "Whoa,
0: this movie this, is like real." got real. This shit <laughs> got real. Well, our bones have deteriorated because of our fat asses. Yeah. Wow, wow, Wally. But yeah, so that's what I'm thinking about. Like what are the things that I keep thinking about? What are the things that my body is made to do or made to feel, you know, what am I made yeah. to be basically? And that of course is very different than the world that we live in. That's that's my personal obsession is the world we're in as opposed to the world we were designed to be in.
3: And like a lot of the things that we're supposed to just do naturally, you know, it's kind of part of our culture is built it into like this consumer chic thing, like the nature outdoors, Person has to, they can't just like go out. I mean, they can, and they can just go outdoors and camp, but like it's like this whole attitude and lifestyle that people have to like be marketed towards so that they can like put all this expended energy and money in so that they can achieve something that they have already just are, you know? Exactly. But, but we've gotten so far away from it that well, that's what that's the whole point
0: of a gym. You know, is that we're supposed to, we're building our bodies. Our bodies should already just be built from what we're doing in our every single day lives. Yeah. But we're spending a lot of time
3: sedentary. Did you ever go to a gym? Yeah. I did when I was in like seventh grade. You like went to the I gym? went to the gym. I have very fond memories of that gym. Like I had to take a bus all the way across <laughs> town to go do it because I was trying to like gain weight for baseball or whatever. This is during like the Mark McGuire kind of like big guy days or whatever. It's like everybody's got to be a pig. But it was, like, a very, like... Who was rinky, cheating? He was cheating. I didn't know that. I was Nobody like, knew. I was, like, ever... You just go left for it. got to have muscles the size of your head. I, I, I had such fond memories because there's such a shitty, like, rinky-dink little gym, and then now I, like, see... I, like drive past or scoot past on my scooter, and I see people in the 24-hour fitness windows or whatever, and they're all, like, automatized, like, these individualized personal machines. And it's like... Uh, back in my day, we had an ab roller and a dumbbell, and that's it. <laughs> Everybody shared a towel, and it was gross. Well, it's just like
0: I started going to the gym uh, a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Like I just – I was always – had a fast metabolism, and I was always relatively thin. And but then,
3: caught up with you. And then my
0: body just was like, done. Yeah. We're done. That like is... the beer from being at comedy shows – and then my brain, my body just went like, oh, also no dairy. We're lactose intolerant now. I'm like, what body? But, That's a thing. But body, you like I've doing. never, I really like cheese. Yeah, I know you like it. That's why we can't do any more of it. We're on mutiny, <laughs> mutiny on the cheese. So I was like, okay. So I started going because I feel like right now it's a race against diabetes. Sure. For me, I'm realizing the habits I've created through just the way I was raised, like the the fucking amount of sugar that I ingest at all times mm-hmm. which is addictive that's why i have a joke where it's like it's the greatest drug of all time like every drug wishes it was sugar yeah I like, sugar achieved yeah damn so, good joke sir. well thank you very much chuck but it's like it's and i realize that like the the reactions i have to like cereal, seri- like breakfast cereals like it, it, this is addiction
3: that's why you wrote that long ass joke I
0: about <laughs> breakfast it's, it's a it's but a great. <laughs> it's exactly what it's a, from. It's like, this is, I have these experiences where it's like, and they say that's like the overeater or eating disorder, you know, thing, like an overeater, where it's like they see this thing when they're in a bad mood, they mm-hmm. see it as the thing that will help them, yeah, as a treat, right? As I a, heard it, but then when. <laughs> When they're in a good mood, it's like, it's my reward. Yeah. You know, it is. That's, I I earned it. It's either like, oh, man, this will make me feel better, or I deserve <laughs> to have. That's how I feel about fucking, sh- like, certain sugary things. I'm just like, delicious. Look at you. Your delicious I got a great soda. yeah, Root beer. Yeah. And you brought me a Dr. Pepper, and I was <laughs> mad about it. You were. But. That's why I'm gonna drink it because I have this love hate hey, like I like, you earned it. I gotta stop drinking this thing, but it makes me wanna drink it more. It's a compulsion. It's addiction. That's what it is.
3: I stopped uh, I stopped drinking beer like or I just stopped drinking overall, like it's been a while now. It's been like maybe ten months or something like that. I immediately dropped like ten pounds just beer weight and then you know, I've had like a drink or two, you know, since then and then like every time I've done that, I'm like, whoa, this one thing, I can't even Mm. It's like my body is, like, adjusted to, like, be, I don't know how I did it for so long, but now, like, my body just can't tolerate spirits anymore, like, in the Woody Allen sense, like, I'll fucking lose control. Right, right. And just shut down, like, and fall asleep after, like, you know, a mimosa or something. Well, I've moved
0: away from beer myself. Like, I can have a beer every now and then, but it's not my go-to. Plus, I feel, like, bloated. Yeah. When it's I a have weird life.
3: feeling. It's like, why does my face feel fat? I'm like, this is what girls were going through in eighth grade,
0: <laughs> where I just feel fat and I don't understand why, and it yeah. not that what I do. Everyone's looking at me. I just feel gross. And my, my boobs are getting bigger, and I want to soak my feet. <laughs> it's like, okay, now I get it. This is. I'm I'm a 32 year old man. I'm like I get what it means to be a 13 year old girl. now. yeah. Just how did they do backwards. this? How how did they
3: get past that? 32 going on 13. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jennifer Garner. Mm-hmm. Um, but continue. I made out with my girlfriend in that movie. I don't know why we went to see it. It was like one of those like air conditioning movies. Like you know, like oh, we'll just go see it for the air conditioning. You made out with your
0: girlfriend in that movie. You mean you went to see the movie? Yeah, we I went You, meant to see you were the in the movie or you're making out? Like, yeah.
3: What? She did. She wanted to make out because she was like, this is a terrible movie. Let's make out. And then I was like, I don't know. I don't want to make out in that kid's That was her movie. I'm bored yeah. activity? And I was like, normally, at any other time, I'd be like, fuck, yeah, let's make out. And then I was a little, like, hesitant. I was like, I feel weird making out in a kid's movie. The and word... then she made fun of me. And then, so we had to and make out. Like, to okay, say, let's say do face. this. Yeah. She called you a pussy, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, I am watching a Jennifer Garner movie in a darkened theater by myself with you. <laughs> He's like you're a pussy. Okay, let's kiss so hard. (laughs) Fret
0: your face so good. Um, so anyway, so continue continue on mortality. How does all this shit connect, what we're talking
3: about? Well, like you're awake for how many hours in it? How 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 little how much or little sleep do you get? Me? Oh yeah. It depends.
0: I get like five hours. Healthy yeah, I think five I'm, hours. I think I'm somewhere in the six or seven.
3: Yeah, that's good. I like weekends, or I'm in summer now. I don't go to fucking work. I'll sleep until you know a little long. Dude, later. that's why I'm
0: trying to balance it out because sometimes I get the five, and yeah. then sometimes I get the ten, and I'm like, what am I doing?
3: Yeah, I think I gotta. I, I we all know our body rhythms or whatever, but like the time that I'm awake, it's like okay, a fourth of that 24 hours is gone. Right? Let's say it's six hours, and so you got 18 hours. I've got to spend at least one hour at least every day just doing dumb weird stretches or just paying attention to my body so that I can just, like, get through and maintain it. And I feel like I have to do that for life, you know, before anything else happens, like, you know, physically or there's a huge history of mental illness in my family. And, like, if you lined up everybody in my family and be like, who's the person most likeliest to just fucking go bonkers and lose it? It's going to be me. It's totally me. You know, so the perfect combination, the amalgamation of all the insanity. Yeah, and it's like I'm probably gonna go nuts and like start to either lose my mind or just forget everything. You're trying to get ahead of that. I'm trying. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I like. I've I've been telling my girlfriend. I was like, you know, I want. You know, when I'm older, when we're older, you know, like if you have to put me in a home. That's okay, you know. Just make sure I have these things. I need like the padded room. I need a piano there. Pac Man. Yeah, I just hooked up all my favorite things, and then I started wondering, like, would I still remember how to like play piano if I started to like lose my mind? That would oh, be a rabbit hole. God, yeah. And so, but like, I'm trying to get ahead, so that like I just want to get organized with my life to make things just easier to get through the present, so that you can become a better person and not just be trying to maintain where you're currently at. All the time. Well, know? I
0: think that that's a that is a, that's a big thing. You know, like, it's, I want to say it's a tall order, but it's not at the same time. Like, it sounds like the simplest thing. Like, how do I become better instead of just being the same?
3: Yeah, like, if you're staying the same, if you're the same place where you were at a year ago, you've done something wrong or something bad has happened. That's happening, my personal you know? philosophy as well. It's fucking, I don't want to be the same place I was at a year ago. I want to be a, hopefully a little smarter and a little bit more physically equipped to, like, handle whatever the, f- cause something else is going to come around the corner. It and might be zombies. Yeah.
0: It might be Mad Max.
3: Any kind of apocalypse situation right now. I am so fucked unless I get to high ground with like lots of water, you know, like any kind of, I can't run like running. I'm done. I used to, I was so fast in high school. I was like the fastest kid in the fucking school. Cause I was running from bullies all the time and I was on the track team. But like now all the bullies were on the track team. <laughs> it's a poor it choice. It really on my part. helped. It really helped. All the band geeks fucking throwing their trombones at me. <laughs>
0: there were like seventy six of
3: them. Yeah, it's a big parade. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, you don't have the rights for that. Um, yeah. So I, am just worried, man. I'm just. I. But at the same time, I'm very positive. Like I'm glad that I'm thinking about you know my body and my mind and just trying to move forward because I see the rest of us staring at our phones all the fucking time and just being like these idiots don't even know that the world's passing them by and that we're all slowly dying and decaying within our own bodies and souls, you know? Like, I like I want everybody to be, like, as in the present as I am. I'm not trying to, like, brag and say I'm in the present all the time. I'm clearly not. But I just want, when I don't have my phone out, I want anybody else in the world to have their phone out, and I want us to all be thinking forward instead of having our, like, I'm selfish, and I want everybody to see things the way I see them, you know? That's, oh, this is getting weird dictator <laughs> dictatory. <laughs>
1: Before TiVo, watching TV was weirdly hard. You could only watch a show at a certain time. And if you missed it, or even part of it, you literally had to wait for it to go into reruns before you could see it again. TiVo totally changed all that. And while other DVRs still exist, they're not as sickalicious as TiVo. Because if you have cable, TiVo lets you watch your shows wherever you want. With TiVo Stream, you can watch on your iPad all over your house, and even transfer your favorite recordings and take them with you. On an airplane, waiting in line at the DMV, dentist's office, TiVo makes other DVRs look like they were designed by some Soviet committee. Only TiVo searches both cable and the web to find any movie, any show, any video at the press of a button. Netflix, Hulu Plus, Amazon, YouTube, now those are just like more channels in your TV. And with the TiVo Mini, one TiVo box works on a second TV. From the couch to the kitchen, from the minivan to 35,000 feet, TiVo makes TV about a thousand times better.
3: Do you cook? Do I cook? Yeah. you cook your own food for the most part? Or are you out? Like, I know when you're on the road, there's no, like.
0: Well, actually, you know, I've been trying to instigate this thing in my life that I've been calling new traditionalism. Oh. Pray tell. Eat eat pray tell. Cook is one of the things. (laughs) Cooking for myself. Sure. Because in general, when you cook for yourself, you eat healthier because you're looking at what the hell you're putting in the pot of the food. I don't want that in my body. Exactly. As opposed to mysterious ingredients that they'll give you a list of if you ask, Mm -hmm. sure, or it's on the side of the thing. But sometimes there's shit that they don't even know that's in there. And then the food's already in front of
3: you, and you're like, but it just smells so good.
0: And that's the biggest thing is that I I really – it's from living in Boston and New York where I really developed this habit of a 24-hour day.
3: Oh sure. That I just there's there's a real romance to that idea that I share sometimes and I'll get, I'll jump into it, you know. It's hard out here, but like in a mean? city, well, like things aren't as open 24. Hours. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the thing, like in
0: Boston and New York, I I weaned myself off of fast food because in because in Vegas it's just fast food. Yeah. You know, it's a driving culture, so you don't stumble upon new things. You just are driving to the places you already know. Yeah. So it's like in Boston, I can walk down the street and there's a McDonald's right there and a Burger King, but there are five local places right there that I can get a burger for the same price mm. that uh, is made by a guy who's going to hand it to me. And it's
3: infinitely better. Yeah, and your experience just in general is like everybody knows what a Big Mac tastes like. Or exactly,
0: but are. like a burger, like a good burger, like it's like, oh, this is a place I can get a good burger, and this burger yeah. tastes like this only in this place. Because this is the only, only this place makes it this way. I went to this
3: kebab place out in Atwater yesterday that. What about kebab? What? No. (laughs) No (laughs) kebab (laughs) kebab. Go ahead. Kebab place in Atwater. It was great. It was like, uh, I had a burger. Uh, I was like, I'm going to be a wuss and have a burger at this kebab place. But they served it to me in like a very delicious hot dog style bun with a burger all chopped up. Just like you would like a hot dog or something. Fucking great. Sat outside. Wonderful. And like I ordered big fries, which I never do. And then like I was like I was like, Oh, my girlfriend and I we can split these fries. There's way too much fries, but like that's I I always I'm a big fan of way too much fries instead of like not enough Oh or that's something. why that's your nickname. Oh. <laughs> the business card said Chuck, way too much fries, Yes. I was yes, wondering yes. where that was from. Uh it's but yeah, I I like I like having even if it's not entirely like the healthiest choice or whatever, if I do go out to eat have, a, 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 like' like, I don't want to do anything I've gotten too used to before because my life will just be like this series of reruns, you know, or like thirty minute increments, like okay, here's the part where I sit down and you know contemplate what it looks like outside of this window while I wait for my food. <laughs> yeah, you know that's no fun, but the thing is that like
0: I am trying to well the, the habit that I developed is that there's always gonna be options yeah. everywhere I go, I can eat at any time, so what I've taught myself to do. Is not even think about food until I'm hungry.
3: Which it's a great is, rule,
0: great rule of thumb. Well, but it's already too late. Uh, <laughs> I feel like, like I, by the time I'm hungry, I don't have the patience to like put something together. Right. And what I do is, uh, I'm really hungry. Then I order something because that's going to be quick. But it's not. It's not. Well, it's quicker than going to the store and buying a bunch of different things and
3: putting them together. Oh, oh, oh. So you're not planning ahead to buy food at the grocery store. Exactly. That's the problem. I don't think about food at all until I'm hungry. I'm hungry.
0: It's too late to think about groceries. I'm going to go get some food at this restaurant. Yeah.
3: I eat that food, then I'm not thinking about food anymore. You should go to the grocery store after you've eaten at the restaurant. No. They always say, like, don't go to the grocery store when you're hungry. hungry. But yeah. that's smart. But, like, if you go, if you've just eaten, like, some meal out at a restaurant, you'd be like, that was good. I would like to have something similar to it. Or, like, I don't want anything like I just had for the next couple of days. What can I get that's in my immediate... What you call
0: it well, that's what I'm talking about, like I am trying to introduce those habits, yeah, where it's just like I need to to plan ahead, mm-hmm. so I know I know tomorrow I'm gonna be hungry, <laughs> maybe even more than once, <laughs> <laughs> so I should try to have think because it's the thing I have no food here, yeah, like I basically my 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 fridge has some like lunch meat in it and some almond milk, and I got some cereal and some bread. And some
3: mustard. That's enough to throw together something that you w- wouldn't be super desirable, but you could like put it down your belly. you be like, "I'll eat it." Exactly. Yeah. But
0: that, but that is just food as fuel. Yeah, it's not food as an experience. Totally. So it's like I'm tr- cooking is its own experience because you know what? I get a lot of um, uh, cleaning dishes is very meditative. Oh, I,
3: I 100% agree.
0: And I think that cooking, I always I psychologically go, cooking takes too long.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like by the time I start cooking, because that's the other thing is that I don't have a gauge for when I'm going to be hungry as opposed to when I need to start preparing a meal. It's just kind of like, oh, I'm going to be hungry in an hour. I should start cooking. I don't know that. I don't know that I'm hungry until I'm like, I'm just in the middle of doing shit. And then suddenly yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm weak. I'm looking a little dizzy. I'm real pissed off for getting, some reason. I'm pissed off. I'm irritable. I got a headache. My stomach is going. wow. My stomach is basically sounds like a waka chica guitar right now. <laughs> um, guitar in your tummy. It sounds like my stomach sounds like the singularity right now. <laughs> it sounds like howl as he's being shut down. Daisy. You know what? I just went to that cute Kubrick uh, of oh, the, the exhibition or whatever. Yeah, it. What is worth it? Super great. Fucking awesome. They, I think it's closed. I think today's the ah, last day. That's all right. But it basically is just chronological. Every single room is all of his Something films. from that movie. Yeah. And just like the, the philosophy behind what he was trying to do, his own words, like stills and art. But in the um, the room where it was uh, 2001, Space Odyssey, which there was a description that Kubrick used to describe the movie that if I would have been aware of that description... I would have understood the movie way, way more. Oh,
3: yeah? <laughs> it was,
0: it was, I wanna say, a mythological nightmare.
3: Ooh, I like that.
0: Is what he what he said. It was it was like he, I feel like it was mythological nightmare, where it was like he was trying to show this how this myth, the myth of language or just understanding. You know where yeah, it's like dawn, that's why it starts with the dawn of yeah, man. Totally. We finally understood something. Then it's a different era where we understood something else, and then a different era where we understand something else, or we
3: thought we understood something else.
0: And consciousness, yeah. And what is consciousness as opposed to the monkey figuring out that he how to you know like this the the bone and throwing and all that stuff yeah. as opposed to a computer that we built that gets its own understanding. But there's they showed the scene where Dave goes in and shuts down Hal, where he goes into the thing and he. He's unlocking the memory centers, and Hal is like – it's still harrowing because it's the first time that I ever heard of – it's like he's like – he's basically trying to reason with Dave. He's like, Dave, I know you're upset. Yeah. And then (laughs) he starts – Every trick in the tool bag. He starts – and there's a long moment of silence where he starts unscrewing the Mm -hmm. thing, and then Hal just goes, I'm scared, Dave. Yeah.
3: What's cool is that like in most movies when you want to shut off the computer, you just like unplug it. But this – he's got to go through all these things. So it's like very drawn out. And it's talking at him and it's like it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. It's It's
0: like I'm scared. It's like it's (laughs) such a weird I remember being like, Oh, like it blew my fucking mind. Anyway, that's a I
3: have a cool side note on that movie. I'll get you a copy of it. My buddy had this job at like the San Francisco Art Institute where he's like one of those computer lab monitors for all of the like you know, film geeks, where on a computer on the project. lab
2: monitor, yeah. He's, he's a he, monitor, he, monitor, yeah. They
3: pl- you plug him in, uh, uh-huh, okay. to your old laptop. Is uh, <laughs> 20 dpi? His resolution is pretty shitty. He he's Smoked a lot of weed, okay. uh, but uh, he had so much time on his hands just late at night because it's like a 24 hour lab that he took 2001, dropped all the sound out of it, and then um, just remade the soundtrack with a Radiohead, and it's pretty great like the whole movie in Radiohead is really good like it starts off crazy okay strong. computer it's it's everything it's like oh, a bunch okay. of it's but uh like you picks selected songs for selected scenes and it starts fantastic in the middle it's kind of like oh this is still happening it is still a thing maybe i wish the sound was on and then the end is just like fantastic
2: hmm.
3: i tried to watch it all on acid one night before i went to work one day <laughs> that was a bad idea a perfect combination. Yeah.
0: yeah. Anyway, long story short, too oh, okay. late. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, well, I'm
3: glad you're trying. You have like, you're aware of these. I'm aware of it, and right?
0: I'm trying to become better about the food that I eat and the food that I buy, and and having it. Yeah. Have having Just it here, so that way I'm not always like running to spend twenty dollars on one meal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not that like I think that food is supposed to be inexpensive. You know, like, and that's a big thing, like, um, thinking about food. Food is a gigantic thing, especially in terms of mortality, which is kind of like we're thinking about the cures and not the causes. Totally. But a lot of what we're putting in our bodies, and a lot of what these, again, when it comes about capitalism, everyone's just like, oh, I was talking to somebody the other day about, like, how, oh, you know what? It was my mom. I went to Vegas for my little, my youngest little sister's high school graduation. Oh, that's nice. And I was sitting there with my mom and I was talking about this idea of supermarkets. And saying something about, like, we, I I was saying to my mom, we moved to Las Vegas in 1989, maybe. Maybe it was 88 or 89, right? Mm -hmm. And every now and then I look back and I go, that wasn't common yet. That was, like, the beginning of that happening. Oh, people moving to Las Vegas. People just moving in general. Oh, yeah. As a thing, like, it was like, it used to be you grew up or you grew up
3: the end. Mm -hmm. But then, 80s? Right? Ray yeah, Egan? my parents moved from Virginia to Austin in like 85. And the 80s is when it was like, we're moving because of work. Yeah.
0: There's not enough they work. They don't know anybody in are. town.
3: They just like move. There's a job. There's a job over go. there.
0: So yeah. it became about moving to places for work where you know no one. Yeah. No, you, everyone's a stranger. You go to this new place and you just move. So the 80s is where that became common. And it's really only, what, 30 years old it's Not that, long. that it's like it's been the most common thing that like you move, you know, like it's so common now. I hear people be like, oh, I was a military brat and I moved around and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. So what happened was this is my theory is pre supermarket in the 80s, I think, is the era of the
3: supermarket. Oh, totally. It used to be because you lived where you lived and that's where you lived. People got used to seasonal foods. Yeah, regional regional I was almost gonna say regional dialects, but it's similar. It's kind of like you talk like the way you talk because you're from a fucking place. You're from a place.
0: So you're used to certain fruits and vegetables. Oh, it's cherry season. Yeah. Right? That's when you get cherries. That's it.
3: Yeah. The cherries I live,
0: grow and that's fucking it. I and live you don't in have cherries.
3: Texas, great Texan Texas, Mexica's cuisine. Tex-mex. Yeah. And Texas, growing Mexicas. up I didn't know about any of that shit because we were a fish sticks household and mm. i hated fish sticks but i didn't have the balls to tell my mom until i was like nine years old and then the era of fish sticks had passed there but was some point where i i i loved them and then suddenly i was like oh these was are like, gross wait now. a minute fish doesn't actually come in this form <laughs> you don't fucking get a stick out I of the i have not ocean. learned anything about the stick fish yeah. in school <laughs> i've heard about stick bugs but clearly we don't need those i hope i went uh they had like um you know rodeos and stuff in texas all the time and county fairs are a big thing mm-hmm. and so you go to the county fair and then heb is the big grocery store chain right. in texas yeah and then they had a replica of henry edwards butts two t's uh his first grocery store um from it was a replica it wasn't the actual one but it's like made the specifications and it was small It was like a store you know it was like the size it was of, like a market. It was a family was a market, you know. And I just remember being like, "Where is everything? You know, where is the frozen food section? You know, like my mind being blown is like, well, oh, people used to just like get shit from down the street and sell it, or like grow it in the backyard. Well,
0: a mark. There was no farmers market because the market was a farmers market. Yeah, totally. There were farmers, <laughs> and then there was a market. <laughs> they
3: traded shit and they, they sold it. That that was basically it.
0: Yeah. So people got used to seasonal foods. They got used to regional foods, but then we started moving so much. That people didn't realize, I, I wonder. Yeah,
3: the IT systems manager moves to town.
0: But he did, he's in a place where all the foods that he's used to don't exist. Oh, that's right, yeah. And he's like, wait a minute, where's my, where are the fucking cherries, <laughs> right? So we've moved enough, and everyone brought their expectations for what they expect. Now we have to food. have everything everywhere. We have to have everything
3: everywhere all the time. And we have to have two brands to keep the prices low so they can war with each other. Or more. I hate fucking going into the detergent aisle. Because I'm just like, whatever is the cheapest. It's all neon colored. It's like a whole <laughs> wall of confusion. Like, this one gets the stains out, this one keeps them in. Like, it's like way too much.
0: <laughs> wait, wait. It's what fucking... detergent keeps the stains I in?
3: The one where I forget to put shit in the laundry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. The no-turgent. It's, it's, yeah, it's,
3: the instead of tide, it's just like time. It's not detergent. You're just a detergent. <laughs> you are deterred. I'm an
0: insurgent detergent. From being a gentleman. Um, yeah. So the point is, is that thinking about food in that way, it's like it, it it affects our health. Yeah. You know, that we have to have cheer. And then, of course, now we're the generation of kids who grew up on canned foods and like frozen foods froger and yo and it's hard yogurt. to tell the difference between canned cherries and actual che- i didn't have real fucking cherries until great, 2 years ago i had some
3: great crazy japanese cherries at my house they came in a box of 6 and they were Where'd like those? Uh, uh one of the teachers of the parents that i teach oh. know, like brought them as a like end of year gift like hey here's some cherries and i was like oh and i was expecting you know like a bag of like bar cherries or whatever and these things are and beautiful like right. these giant beautiful cherries and they taste like unlike anything you've ever had you know it's just perfect but I don't want to be one of those types of people that's like a foodie you know no
0: no no. but I'm not saying that I'm not talking about being a foodie I'm just talking about being considerate yeah I don't think that it, a foodie is a weird thing it's just people who are thinking about food but they're, they're thinking about food as like a piece
3: of art, yeah. Where it's like it's a gastroic it's, like
0: it's a gastrointestinal experience. Into how
3: it relates to your like class structure, you know, it always breaks down to like I'm eating this because I can afford to and I'm better than you. But that's the thing is like we we
0: have it's just about been been about getting the most for less for the least, yeah. Like the most stuff for the cheapest that we are not. We all have a palate, and we all have an ability to taste things, but we've spent so much time. Basically bludgeoning our taste buds like sugar with sugar and and fried with sugar fried and sugar. cholesterol and fried shit and I'm as guilty as the next motherfucker, but I'm started to try to rethink and it's the hardest habit to undo because I've, I'm just used to this.
3: Yeah, because you've only been doing it supposedly three times a day for your whole life <laughs> you know this but it's thing like it break. was a couple last couple years and that's the thing It's just kind of like i eat
0: a meal sometimes a day i do that yeah we're just like i don't eat until five times i don't eat for like a
3: day and a half two days because like i'll just drink coffee and then i'll go to bed i'll get really hungry and i'll like be like oh i guess i'm really hungry it's like one in the morning i'm not gonna fucking cook an oven pizza like i used to i'll just go to bed feel like what it feels like to be hungry wake up and then like have the can like pig out on pancakes or whatever. And that's where I'm trying to change the shit especially
0: because I was like I feel like there's ways to anticipate how much I travel. Yeah. And the kind of shit that I buy and and like you know like I used to get annoyed that like uh, uh women are constantly stuffing their faces. Like I just felt like every female I know has a baggie of, of just stuff. Shit in yeah. their and wasabi all peas the, <laughs> all the time they're just putting little snacks in their yeah. faces. I'm like do you need to eat Con- all constantly but i started going maybe they're right that's a smarter idea than like i just save up all my hunger for one big fat fucking yeah meal and then i feel defeated like i lost <laughs> <Yeah>. a fight <laughs> to a burger because it's been, like, a full day, and I'm like, oh, oh, I'm, gonna, now. I'm so hungry, I'm gonna eat this thing, and I eat it, and I feel just fucking like, oh. Yeah, I guess I gotta
3: go to bed for, like, eight hours. Basically, yeah. and it's
0: five o'clock in the afternoon.
3: You know what I don't like is, is on on planes, everybody... It's like a fucking Greyhound now where everybody brings their fast food bag yeah, on the yeah. plane. Yeah, yeah, from the airport, like the yeah. airport McDonald's. Like, they need, I'm not saying we need healthier options, like, in the world, but, like, at least, like, one thing in the McDonald's, or in the airport that doesn't smell, like, total cardboard trash or whatever. Because it sucks to get on a plane, and then everybody around you just, just like, bacon farts for, like, two hours. It's the <laughs> worst.
0: Well, and that it speaks to, again, what our priorities are food-wise. That our, I need something our, right now. That yeah.
3: our, our airports are filled with McDonald's and Burger King and Pizza Hut and Starbucks. And Star the customer is like, oh, we'll just go to the airport. We'll have a meal. And it's not even like a meal in the traditional sense. It's like we'll have some fuel so we won't be hungry. I won't pass out. Yeah, exactly.
0: And then if you eat on the plane, it's going to be the most expensive shit and literally, shit, like blue terra chips. Good, but, but they were eight dollars. At yeah. least they were eight dollars. These are the bluest terra chips that I could possibly have.
3: Yeah, organic blue.
0: But it all, it all, it all relates. It's all like, you know, like you eat better, you live longer, and you get more out of your life while you're while you're going. Yeah, but I
3: it. think the goal is to like not fetishize food so much to the point where like it becomes an event within the day but it's just like this nice thing that enhances the rest of your day you know because you can experience things more clearly or happier because you're not you know feeling bad about what you just ate right or or fetishizing it and like you know ogling over it so that you spend the whole night like i've had lunch and dinner with friends before that are like the foodie types and then like the whole night is about this meal and it's like well there's what about you and you're like what is the rest of your life i don't want to hear about how you're been forged this or whatever right right but again that's still that's still the desire
0: for a real experience yeah still that's still that's still going for like again that's their version of a play yeah or a movie it's just kind of like well here's what i went through to get this
3: dish and what it is and it's like it's a tactile experience you know what's weird is i've been seeing ads for like the great horror camp out weekend and it's like you know it's like you know, a scary movie weekend that you go to. Oh yeah. They had to the run for your life.
0: Have you seen that? The no, mar- what's that? the ma- the marathon where you run from people in zombie costumes. Oh,
3: okay. Wow. That's see, that's that's interesting to me. I have no idea I couldn't do it. I would get eaten and turned. Like well, you the have sweet, to like put makeup on me. They they, my... they they there's flags on you. Oh, okay. Like like, like, like flag
0: football. football. That you're basically running from these zombies and they pull the flags from you. Once you have all the flags pulled, you're out. But like so, there's a essentially a winner of the marathon yeah. that didn't get quote unquote eaten by a zombie, and these are 28 days later zombies. Oh, the super fast. So the, yeah, yeah, these aren't like Walking Dead zombies. These are zombies. And that I'm are assuming fucking
3: fast. They don't like start at the beginning of the marathon like you do, and maybe some do, but not like. Not everybody starts at the beginning. Some zombies can just like pop out I'll show you the preview. I will watch that preview. That sounds interesting. Yeah. I forget how it ex- how it works exactly. I'm intrigued by like all of these little camps and ideas that they have, but it's like it's like now we're seeking out things that we know are not real experiences but are incorporating the real experience of like physical exertion of a marathon or whatever right. you know you have to induce fear by going on like a horror you know retreat just so you can you have to pay like one hundred and eighty bucks so you can get like a you know, it's a shiver you that, you, and you know that it's coming. You know, it's like, uh, where's the cat going to jump out and scare me? And then, where's the real zombie going to come? Right, right. So, I like when we think about like the singularity and stuff that's actually coming, and how we might pay for things that are real. This is the like that's the first thing that jumps into my mind? Is like, how can we replicate things that aren't even r- real to us in in life, but things that we're so real and familiar with. Because we've seen it through television and videos and movies and stuff, and I really believe in the
0: Mad Max
3: world oh it, pfft, I could sit and dream about that all because the time.
0: well i don't i I don't believe that prehistory and like primitive cultures and tribal cultures uh are as violent as we've all been taught to believe they were, yeah, I believe you know in general more like there was violence of course, there's always violence, but it was not. The go-to thing. But there
3: is something about the human spirit that, like, I think embodies like compassion and like you know. Well, that's what we group mentality. We, that's yeah. what we always forget
0: about because because we're so afraid of violence, we're so afraid of selfishness and manipulation that when we see it, it's basically like, ah, oh, I knew it. Yeah. It's like these things are like plane crashes. Mm-hmm. It's like really, planes are the safest way to travel, but
3: one happens.
2: And we only
0: like ever hear minute. about the planes that crash because it's always horrible and a lot of people are hurt at one time and it's a big visual spectacle yeah. and it's a, it's a spectacle. Yeah. So we kind of project humanity like humanity is a plane crash. We're just like humanity is a plane. Mm-hmm. It, it can do okay. But when it fails, it fails fucking miserably. Big. Yeah. So we're so afraid of the crashes and the gigantic failures that we're doing everything we can in our power to stop that from happening when It's not really that common. I feel like it's like point point is, is that I think that primitive cultures were a lot more communal, communal and communicative Mm. and peaceful than we give them credit for. They weren't all warlike, but we have taught ourselves to be warlike
3: or we've taught ourselves to, like, use the tools of our own society to, like, marginalize others like in purely bureaucratic ways that make it seem like it's okay or it's somebody else's fault. You know, like just through the act of like the greater good, like we all have to do this thing. Sorry, you're not allowed. You know, I feel like that's so much of what our government or just like governments do. It's like you few get it and we have the best of intentions. Sorry, you're on
0: your own. Well, you know, it's interesting. I just heard somebody saying the other day that like based on the idea that I'm saying that like these primitive cultures were a lot more peaceful than we thought and not as warlike as we thought that a lot of the times the argument about how they were is an argument for the state. It's just like we were killing each other left and right before we (laughs) invented laws (laughs) and governments and religion. Aren't we so happy that we have these things and we're not killing each other left and right like we were? I
3: saw that movie The Purge, which is the setup's kind of similar.
0: Oh, this is bad. Is it awful? It's bad. It looks awful.
3: It's bad. Oh, it's like, ooh, interesting, interesting kind of concept. And then... They don't heard, do like, anything they, they with they
0: it. Spend, they spend a lot of the movie explaining the concept.
3: They do that, and then they never leave the fucking house. Like, thinking of the Mad Max-style worlds, like, you've got a night where anything can happen, and it's just like a home invasion, kind of spooky haunted house-style movie where, like, somebody's breaking in. And, like, nobody goes out into the community and, like, runs into other people's homes. They don't go to a Walmart or anything and, like, see what's going on there. It's just in this one little... I, mean, I guess that's how they can make it so cheaply, but it's, like,
0: wasted opportunity. Yeah, it could have been something bigger. Well, the point is that I I believe that we're we're headed towards because we're we were so convinced of our warlike natures, we're so convinced of our selfishness and our manipulation, and everyone's out to fucking get us. That we're just gonna we're just gonna treat everyone like that. Yeah, like lockdown mode. We're I, I feel like we're gonna go to that place where it's like we're gonna have limited resources and everyone's just gonna be shooting each other. All that it's gonna be the wild west. Yeah, the old west where it was just kind of like this lawlessness, and I feel like we're headed towards that back towards that because we because it's it's sort of a post-capitalist once we invented capitalism it's the kind of it's save the same point. I know. what to yeah safe point. point it's hard to go back from capitalism you know i mean there's a lot of places in the world that don't have it and uh and you know people are like oh china's next but like china's a capitalist country now like they're not communists yeah they're just not they're
3: they're not a democratized capitalist society yeah china and brazil are like the other big. Let's go fucking... to Brazil, dude. Let's just move to fucking Brazil. Dude, someone
0: told me it's like the third biggest economy in the world. Yeah,
3: they're doing great, man. But like, anytime I, I see wonderful. Brazilian TV, it's just it's like women
0: murder. shaking their asses all yeah, the time. That's I'm all about it. So it's like, how are they getting anything done? Maybe that's what it is. Everybody's so happy, dude. Everybody is just like, you know what? You just turn the TV on, <laughs> see ass shake for a couple of times. You're like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to make sure that we that we are. 80% biofuel yeah. in this country <laughs> just so I can keep the shaking asses on TV. we got to power TVs to have asses shake yeah. all the time. Carnival. Biodiesel. Let's do it, Brazil. <laughs> Look, Carnival is going to be fucking off the hook, but how are we going to make the power? Don't want to con- don't want to destroy everybody. Who knows?
3: Yeah, so you got to have one smart guy who does all the work, and then everybody else gets to shake their ass after exactly.
0: that. Exactly. Anyway,
3: we're getting off track. Oh, yeah, are yeah, we? Yeah. It's, well, where do we take this from? Let, let me let me steer this ship of mortality. It, it. Put it what together, is the takeaway Chuck? lesson from all of this? Like, I feel like we're both, you know, constantly walking around being encountered with our own mortality and just like these subtle ways of like food or my dumb knee or something. And I I like the idea that we're both kind of on a quest to improve ourselves. Uh, I, I'm wondering if there's not something else that I'm missing or that I could be doing that's better for Just my personal growth so that the rest of my life I'm, you know, in a state of, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm afraid of that point in my life where I just shut all the doors to everything new, you know? I'm starting to do that now. Like, I don't want to see a fucking play in a theater anymore. I'm done with that experience. I used to write plays. I hate them now. You know, I don't want to shut my mouth Well, do you hate plays or do you hate everything that comes with a play? I Okay, yeah. So I do hate everything that comes with a play. You hate
0: the politics of theaters Mm -hmm. and
3: actors and directors and producers. And the weird pretentiousness that comes associated with it. But I know what that experience is like. And I know that there are great plays out there. I don't want to see them anymore. And I'm starting to notice that I'm just shutting... My door is to lot like I'm never gonna eat Ethiopian food. Like I wanna eat Ethiopian food.
0: Dude, Ethiopian food's fucking incredible. I know,
3: but somebody's gotta like put it in front of me. I gotta like I'm not just gonna seek that thing out for whatever reason, you know. Fairfax, dude. I know, there's like a whole string of them, right? Fucking incredible each one. I gotta I just gotta be at Fairfax and there's there gotta be like not some other place in front that I could go to, you know? Okay. I'm just starting, like, n- not prejudices against experiences, but I'm just getting tired of certain things that I think that it's kind of natural. I think you just – Well, you an active like, guy, right? I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'm
0: well, active. I think that you are – and I do this, and I've been doing it, and I'm <laughs> trying to try not to. I'm trying to try not to is I get very fixated with the things I dislike about something I do like. Hmm. Is that the the things I dislike that surround this thing that I love? They're ruining my fun experience. Are ruining the fun? Yeah. And so I just like I love this thing, but all these fucking people, I have to go through all this to get to that. Therefore, it's not worth it.
3: Yeah. But I'm wrong all the time. I'm but I have to. I have to
0: reverse that line of thought. That the thing, the destination, is worth it. The journey is. I'm I'm getting all this anxiety about like oh, I'm gonna have to deal with this and this and this and this. But at the end, I do get this thing. Yeah. You know what I mean?
3: I'm thinking specifically about like going to a comedy show that I might not want to. And like, like oh, I'm going to have to deal with this guy's going to be there. Or, you know, like, oh, what a pain in the neck. And then somehow, by some miracle, I'll convince myself to go. I'm like, you know what? That was pretty. It was, right. it yeah, was exactly. Fun,
0: you know? I do that same thing, man. It's like, it's hard to get me out of the fucking house once I'm at the party. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. But I will obsess about all the things I do not want to happen. You know, for, for a
3: lot longer than it might actually take, all those awful things to do.
0: Exactly, and I'm and I'm what I'm doing is I'm thinking about every awful moment I've ever had rolled into one. They're thinking, all gonna be at that half. It's all gonna be yeah. there. The first yeah. five minutes of it is gonna be half of all the awful things. Yeah. The second five minutes is gonna be the other half, and I'm gonna go, I'm not gonna make it. That's what that's what I that's what I'm thinking, right? Yeah. So it's just like you got to uh, switch that pendulum. You know, that the balance of it is just kind of like the negative outweighs the positive. We have to go back to thinking about, well, what are the positive things that I actually get that that, that
3: feed me, feed yeah. my soul? I'm trying to do that. Like, I hate – I like the ocean, but I fucking hate Eat the, the beach. beach. Me too. Holy shit, Me man. fucking too, Chuck. Beach always brings his friend, like, wind and sand who I just don't get along with, you know? And it's like my girlfriend almost every weekend for the past weekend or for the past couple months, she's been like, you want to go to the beach? And then – I say no immediately. Like you need to give me like advance notice so I can prep myself for going to the beach. And next weekend, hopefully, we're gonna go to the beach because I'm I'm ready for it. You know, and I love the beach. I like I like fucking flying kites or watching other people fly kites. That's all I need is shit up in the air and I'm See, just great. You I know? think
0: that's the thing that sometimes we we were fulfilled by being spectators. Yeah, like I like going to the beach to listen to the ocean. Yeah, it feels great. But I go to the beach usually fully clothed with a book. Mm -hmm. And if I go with someone, they're all about like, I'm going to be in a bathing suit. I'm going to go in the water. And they will not stop giving me grief (sighs) about the fact that I am not
3: experiencing the beach in the way that they're. Yeah. Everybody's got to have their own way. It's just
0: like, like dude or dude or girl. I just want to fucking sit here and read this book and listen to the fucking ocean. I don't need to go swim in the water. I don't you need to do I all I brought this stuff my, shit. like,
2: uh, sticky
3: tennis ball thrower catch thing we can do.
0: Exactly. Well, why? Let's just have some fun. Like, we're
3: here. Yeah, we're having fun.
0: This is fun. <laughs> Let's
3: fucking give it a rest, man.
0: <laughs> One time, though, I did go to the beach with a friend of mine, and she brought a frisbee. Frisbees are pretty fun. And you know what? It was kind of an empty beach, and I was kind of like, I don't want to fucking throw this fucking frisbee. But then once I started throwing I'm like, you know what? This is actually going to
3: fun. Well, the, the empty beach part is key because, like, you've got a limited range. You want to do something physical, I want a lot of space. And she um, never gave me the grief. She didn't give oh, me the, like, good.
0: come on, let's do something fun. She's like, hey, you want to throw the Frisbee around? I'm like, yeah, I do. Because yeah,
3: you didn't fucking make a whole ordeal out of it.
0: She didn't make an ordeal out of yeah. it, and then I didn't feel all fucking, like, ah, oh, well, now, now I'm thinking about it too much.
3: Yeah.
0: I think that's the key, Chuck. I think it's, like, we got to make activities and keep ourselves involved. I I really truly believe like I almost feel like the cure for all antisocial behavior is
3: being around people. The thing you want the least. Yeah. No, I think you're totally right. I think uh, second, you're you're so apt to second guess yourself when you're alone. Absolutely. You know, and your human nature is to like talk and communicate with other people, and your first instincts are probably right to like go towards this. Social thing, or, or just like this human event, right? And then you give yourself that moment of hesitation, and you're be like, "Well, would I be a little better without this experience?" Right. And then you like you see and exist in this limbo of like, "I'm not even not doing this. I'm just worrying about doing it, or thinking like there's nowhere land." Right. Right. For too long, and then you second guess yourself, even if you go do do it because you waited too long or the something. Second
0: guessing is the fucking devil. Yeah. Just embrace your life, yo. And that's what I'm. That's what I'm like. I'm. I, I, I pendulum swing. You know. Mm-hmm. I go so long without doing anything, without seeing people. That I'm like, I, I can't saying, fucking no. do this. I got to go do things and see. I people. didn't go
3: out. I don't think hardly at all last week, and I'm gonna go out every night this next week. You know, I and mean, it should be a little bit more balanced. But that's just the way well, I but, roll. Uh, you know? but
0: it's balance. It's still trying to find that
3: balance. Yeah. Exactly.
0: All right. Well, Chuck.
3: I think we solved some mysteries here. We solved some mysteries. Ancient Egyptians harnessed mortality. electricity. Mortality—they live
0: the, forever. Uh, it's the thing that we're all we're all racing against.
3: You know, yeah, or, I'm going to slow down against racing.
0: You don't have to. We we think of mortality as this or death. Yeah, our own mortality. It's it's an inevitability. So I think a lot of people live their lives as a competition. as a competition. Like with that inevitability, yeah,
3: as opposed I'm to beat this thing or outlive it, I'm going to chase it, I'm going to delay it exactly. And I think that, uh, the way to go about it is to make it a companion, sure, is to instead of running from it, run with it. I'm not getting angry about getting older, like, we're probably about the same age. I'm like 32, and I'm 18. 18. Okay, well, never mind. Sorry, Literally. pardon, yeah, yeah, you look good, Thanks. you look very mature, yeah, um. <laughs> I'm not gonna drink in bars with you ever again. I'm gonna get thrown out. Yeah, I know. Uh, People <laughs> don't even ask me. But like, again. I don't feel bad about like getting older or anything. I feel like I'm finally like a grown up in the first kind of positive way. Like I'm mm. like finally like a mature adult in some ways, and I like I like it. I feel good. Like I don't feel bad. Like I'm. I'm the opposite. You no, know, yeah. I'm <laughs> just uh, just gonna be graduating high school forever, y'all. Yeah, exactly. Class of 2013. Class of every year.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> the class of every year. But you were saying I'm cut you off. Uh, I don't know. I just feel fine about getting older. Like, and I probably won't feel that way for you know forever. Like, I'm sure once people hit forty, they freak out, midlife crisis style or whatever.
0: Honestly, like, I'm gonna buy
3: it. instead of a convertible, I'm gonna buy like a Donkey Kong machine and put it in my. I I
0: I, I I'm I, I shouldn't think of this, but I have been thinking about. Yeah, we're the exact same age, so I'm thinking about. I'm looking at forty now.
3: Yeah. Like, I spent a lot Staring of time... Staring that shit down hard.
0: Exactly. I didn't think about... I was thinking about like, I'm looking at 30, 25, 26. Mm-hmm. You know, once I turn 28, I'm like, now I'm looking at 30. Right? I'm like, wow, I'm about to be 30. Yeah. But now I'm 32, and I'm like, I'm looking at 40. I'm like, but that's still eight, eight years, years away. away. Well, yeah. seven-ish. But it's like, yeah, I'm gonna be 33 this year. Soon-ish. Couple months. But like, I'm like, ugh. Yeah. I'm looking down 30, but like, I mean, I'm looking down forty, but like, I don't need to think about it that way.
3: No, yeah, it's the, the milestones are uh, are daily. They're not uh, they're not these big tension lumps eight years down the line from now. Where we we're only allowed to evaluate our lives on the decade mark. You know, that's weird.
0: That's true. That's true.
3: You can only evaluate your life uh, when you're ten, when you're twenty, when you're thirty, uh when you're forty. Everything you got to let it all fall to shit and get a hair piece and a fancy car uh-huh. and then uh, the rest of your life is making up for that mistakes that you made at 40. Life is all about collecting things.
0: Yeah, oh, totally. Whoever has so the, many things, Whoever has the most so things
3: many. wins. Mine are shiny
2: and shit. If they're
3: shiny and I take new, good care of my shiny things. Oh, okay. Yeah. You gotta shine those shiny things. Replace my girl's hymen every other year. Uh oh. shiny. Keep that shit polished. Wax it down. Replace it every year. Mm-hmm. Hmm. More like a
0: hyphen. Nope. (laughs) All right. Talk (laughs) to you later. Get the crap out.